Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Believe in UCLA podcast, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, joining you once again are your two hosts. We got myself, Sam Conan, and Travis Reed. Travis, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing, Sam? Doing pretty well. Thanks, man. So uh, we're recording this on Sunday, less than 24 hours removed from a certain football game result that... Uh, Kind of went off the rails, I guess. That was just kind of crazy. I mean, Travis, you were talking on last week's show about what you expected to see out of the, the UCLA-USC football game. And I mean, you were a lot closer to the result than I was. I was a little more skeptical about it and, you know, who, who knows what would happen. But yeah, UCLA absolutely destroyed USC. They won 62-33. We'll talk about that. And then uh, back on the court, uh, UCLA men's basketball, they beat Long Beach State. They beat North Florida last week. Uh, they had some some holes here and there, but won pretty handily both times. And then they got Bellarmine on Monday. But I think everyone knows that the game we're all looking forward to is the Gonzaga game on Tuesday, rematch of last year's Final Four. That'll be huge. That's in Las Vegas. So we'll break that down as well. But before we get into that, let's stick to football. UCLA put a stomping on USC. <laughs> Travis, you kind of saw it coming, but overall, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, like I said, I, I, I thought I've watched both teams this year, and basically I felt like UCLA had, for the first time, and I can remember, I've been watching UCLA football and SC football for my whole life. It was one of the few times where I thought UCLA had a superior talent to SC. Um, and it showed, I mean, if you take off the UCLA jerseys and put Oregon on the old Oregon, uh, it looked like that, you know, because they were just killing SC in the open field. I mean, as soon as they got like, you know, these crossing routes and, and, and they just shoot to the house, to the house, to the house, you know? And when I knew it was over, I knew it was over early. Uh, but I knew it was over when the quarterback, uh, Thompson, uh, High, you know, uh, leaped over the defender, <laughs> you know, and, and then signed the hat to a, a Bruin fan. <laughs> he had a pin in his, you know, pin in his, uh, I guess his shoe and signed the hat autographed. And I said, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This game is, I mean, it was over, but like, this is really over They're Embarrassing them now. Yeah. That was just, I mean, some of it is running up the score, but it's, it's all fun. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah, rivalry yeah. games are about. Honestly, uh, it, it's it's good to see. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. SC will do it to UCLA. They beat them fifty nothing a while back. So yep, yep. Uh, you can no tell. Shame. 
And I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I had to say running up the score is perfect. They were going for two. They were 48 <laughs> to 26 with like five minutes left in the game. And he was going for two. I will say with that, and I, I recognized it in real time because some people up in the press box were chatting about that, and <laughs> Chip confirmed it after the games. He wasn't going for 50. He was going to go up by 24. So he USC would need to get three touchdowns and three two-point conversions to tie it up. But, I mean, they weren't going to do that anyway. Yeah, so yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the crazy thing is, is that, I mean, I – for as long as I've been alive, not that I've been UCLA follower for my entire life, but going back to 1999, uh, UCLA has only won five times. This is the sixth. Their margin of victory the other five times were four points, 10 points, 21 in 2013. This is pretty good. Uh, and then 18 in 2014 and seven, 2018. Win this game by almost 30 points and I mean, UCLA hasn't put 40 on USC in this century, let alone 60. So that offensive output was just insane. DTR, I mean, the the first two attempts for him, the first one where he rolled out to his right and threw that pick, uh, he was looking for Kyle Phillips down the sideline. It was not a good decision, and he underthrew it. Maybe Patrick Mahomes in his in his prime when he's playing right maybe he can make that throw but uh, i don't know who else is making that so that was not a good decision second one uh, he's looking over the middle i think it was chase coda got tripped up he wants a pi i mean ucla side wants a pi but no call first two uh attempts or interceptions comes out next time they're incompletions and he's about to get sacked in the end zone for a safety put ucla down five nothing early said steps up evades the pressure scrambles for a first down and then completes 16 of his next 18 passes. And he ends the game completing 14 in a row. And in that 16 of 18 stretch, he has four touchdowns and 350 yards. And his passer rating just in that stretch, so from the middle of the first quarter until he, he checked out of the game, his passer rating was 325.1. I mean, that's mm. double a very good passer rating. A good <laughs> passer rating is... He, I think he leads the conference at 150 something on the season. And he had double that yesterday in that mm. stretch after that. And that doesn't even include the runs, the run that when, when he leapt over the guy in the run, when he signed the hat. So he was just doing it all. And, and obviously he had a lot of help from, from Kaz Allen who played great. Kyle Phillips played great. Greg Dulcich, uh, Cam Brown, Chase Cota all made plays of, of their own, but Dorian was just on another level on Saturday. That was just crazy to see. No, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I feel like, um, well, two things. I remember when SC wasn't that good, and when I was in college at UCLA, when they had Kate McNown, when they were like top four in the country, um, they went to the Rose Bowl, you know, the year before they won the Cotton Bowl. That's when SC was really down and the talent level was here and here. That was the last time I've seen this uh, discrepancy of talent um, where it's like, you know, UCLA just obviously is head and shoulders above the best seat. But the, the crazy thing about the game is that they gave up 33 points and they still went winning by 30, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you don't see that a lot. You see 40, like people win about 30, 45 to 7, 45 to 14, 50, 20, whatever the case is. 
They gave up 33 points and they still won by 30. And so, I mean, really, in reality, they could have won by 60. You know, um, <laughs> they were dominating that much. Um, you know, DT always plays good against SC. If you know, if you notice, like the last two, three games, he's played great. But the problem is the defense couldn't stop SC um, in both those games. And so this time the defense did, you know, they were doing well, even though SC scored, you know, points. Cause like you said, like he threw two picks and four passes. The first, the first four passes, two picks. You know, the funny thing is like SC went down and scored and then he threw a pick. And that's like, Oh, this, this might get ugly early, you know? And then, he, and then they stopped SC, which was good. And then they threw another pick. And then, so I was <laughs> like, okay. Is you know, I guess as he come to play, but then like you said, he settled down and just to start, just they just start picking them, picking them apart. Like the one up the middle, uh to uh I can't Yeah, the one to Kaz Allen who yeah, was wide yeah. open over yeah, the middle. Like wide open and then boom. And then that was just like the floodgates. And the next thing you know, it was like 21 10. Cause it was like it was, I think it was uh 10 it was 28 to 10. Yeah, yeah so I said yeah, with, it just, uh, it, with two minutes to go in the first half. Yeah, it, it was it was just like a snow blow. It just whoosh, and just they they didn't they never let their you know uh, hand off the throttle, and they never let you know they never let you know they, they kept pressing, they kept pressing, and I, I I was really proud. I think this is probably this and LSU game is by far their best two games uh, of the season. Yeah, definitely. And the the crazy thing is, so after he gets that touchdown to Kazan and the the first one, they punt the next time out. But then they go, I think it was three touchdowns in a row. And then the the just the nothing possession going into halftime where they ended up kneeing, kneeing it out. And then in the second half, I think they scored on every single possession. They scored a touchdown on every single possession except the one where they stopped to take a field goal, which they missed. But so that means you are getting in the end zone or in the red zone and, and having a scoring opportunity every time. So the offense was just off the charts. It's crazy. How, and this is a record for how many points UCLA has scored against USC in this crosstown rivalry game. And really everyone was contributing. Zach Charbonnet quietly had 167 yards on the ground. That's kind of like, you, for the most part this season, he's been a star. And when he gets that much, everyone's like, oh, wow, look at Charbonnet. He's so great. The LSU game, the Hawaii game. And Washington, he played great too. But this time it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, Zach Charbonnet was pretty good too. Yeah, you know, 170 yards, no big deal. That's <laughs> that's a crazy thing. Uh, and yeah, you're talking about DTR, his career against USC. Uh, I, I, I was running the numbers yesterday, last night. Uh, if, he has about 1,100 passing yards, 200 rushing yards, 11 pass touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, 71% completion percentage, and his passer rating against USC is 185.3. So basically, if DTR played USC 12 games a year, he'd win the Heisman. That's that's the thing. <laughs> that, that's that's the crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with you on that. Probably be the greatest quarterback in history. <laughs> yeah, probably. And I, before we we get on to our final thoughts on the game, I just wanted to shout out a few other big moments from this. Casimir Allen's 100-yard kick return, that was really nice. I mean, he's come close before. He's shown the speed as a running back, as a receiver, and even in the return game before. But it's fun to finally see him uh, really bring this one all the way to the house and, and cap it off because it's his senior year. Who knows if he can come back with extra eligibility next year. But it, it's good to see him 
get that against USC. Same goes for Ethan Fernia. Goes for a 42-yard touchdown. Uh, former walk-on. Uh, yeah, he's just yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. team player. Moved from special teams to receiver to running back. Broke his wrist a, fo- a couple of months ago, and he's wearing a club on his wrist. And he just <laughs> they they finally give him some carries. He's going up the middle on third down in garbage time. He's probably just going to dive forward for a yard or two. It's like, no, I'm just going to bounce this out. I'm going to go I mean, turning straight around and going all the way into the end zone. That was awesome. That was fun to see. You got to see uh, Shea Pitts, another walk-on. He's in his fifth, sixth year. He's been here forever, uh, mm-hmm. who doesn't get too much playing time just because of all the, the transfers who've come into the UCLA linebacker group and the, the striker group over the past two years. So he hasn't got a lot of playing time, but he gets a sack in his last USC game. So there were just a lot of really great moments for these guys as individuals all the way around. And obviously they all build up to a great team win. No, no, I 100% agree with you. I feel like, you know, like I said, it was a dream game for UCLA. The fact that they scored, I think, I feel like, I think they scored the most points in Coliseum history for opponent. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, that uh, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and I'm serious. Like this, you know, they score. They, you don't see scores like this, especially with this crosstown rivalry. I mean, you see, you've seen SC do good. You've seen UCLA beat. You know, but like I've never seen SC lose, give up sixty at home. You know, I've never seen that, and I've never seen. Like I said, this is the first time where this team looked like the Chip Kelly team that everybody wanted two years ago. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of Chip Kelly, uh, he's probably safe for now, but we don't know. Is that is for now this week? Is for now the next year? We'll we'll get into that probably a little bit more next week when we see what happens with the Cal game. As we've brought up before, there's usually a bit of a post-USC hangover, regardless of whether <laughs> it's a win or loss. Uh, so big emotional win against USC. Got Cal coming up next week. That'll be a, a big deciding game for where UCLA plays its bowl and what ends up happening with Chip Kelly? Does he get extended? How long is his, is his extension? How is it formatted? And, and all that fun stuff. But we'll get to that uh, probably next week. For now, let's switch over to basketball, talk some hoops. Travis, there's a pretty big game coming up on Tuesday. Um, and I don't know. I'd say there are a good amount of people are looking forward to it. I, I don't know. UCLA <laughs> against Gonzaga in Las Vegas on Tuesday night. How are you feeling about that? What are your expectations for it? Oh, I'm I'm expecting a good game. I've, I've watched Gonzaga. Uh, they're a big team. They're a veteran team. Uh, their two big men are, you know, are really good. They have the number one freshman, number one player in the country that came in. Yep, Chet Holgram. Yep, yep. He which is he's long. He's he's skinny, but he's really really long. Uh, shot blocker, he can, you know, he can, you know, finish around the basket. And obviously they're all American, first team, all American, uh, big man that they have who's really good. Um, yeah. Drew Timmy. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, I saw him destroy Texas, you know, uh, gave him like 37 or something like that. Some ridiculous. And yeah. so, like I said, I, I, I want, I, my, my curiosity is who, who are they going to put on him? I'm assuming, uh, I, I wouldn't go with uh, the big man because I think he's a little slow with football. I, I would figure they would put him on the, you know, on the freshman. And and I just think that, like, it's going to be just a great, great matchup. I really wish that uh, UCLA had, 
the original starting center. You know? Yeah, Cody Riley. Yeah, I wish they had Kyle, you know, Cody Riley back for this game because this is a big man's game. It's going to be the guards are going to play their part, but I think the big man is really going to be important for this game against Gonzaga. Yeah, uh, the the big men for Gonzaga. You talk about Drew Timmy. Uh, he had 37 points uh, and seven rebounds against Texas last weekend. And not just 37 points, he was 15 and 19 from the field, seven and nine from the line. So that is about as efficient as you can get. He, he's really tough to stop. He's a strong physical guy. Uh, doesn't have a ton of size, but he's got a good balance of strength and finesse. And, and that'll be kind of hard to handle. But I, I will say, just because he's not really an outside threat, he's does almost all of his work in the paint and around the basket. I would like to see miles Johnson match up on him. Um, because I just, I think that having Chet Holmgren, the freshman, maybe around the perimeter a little bit more. Yeah. He's bigger than, uh, than drew Timmy, mm-hmm. but having someone else like, a Jalen Clark or Peyton Watson handle Chet Holmgren, I think would work a little bit better. And you just stick Miles Johnson down low to, to deal with Drew Timmy and stick with him. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of switching. McCronin's defense has done a lot of switching this year and may, maybe not made all the right switches because he's been pretty upset with the defense overall. Um, but I, I think when you get the matchups you want, you're going to want Miles Johnson on Drew Timmy because Miles Johnson is one of the best interior defenders in the country. And Drew Timmy is one of the best interior offensive players in the country. So you gotta kind of got to go strength on strength there. And then uh, when it comes to UCLA's offense, they've relied very, very heavily on the wings this year, uh, yeah. which is not a, a good or bad thing. It's just is how they're playing. Johnny Juzang's averaging 22 points a game. Jules Bernard and Jaime Hawkins each averaging eight, uh, sorry, 18. And David Singleton's averaging eight. Jalen Clark, seven. So, I mean, Tiger Campbell's playing well and, and Peyton Watson's playing good defense so far. He's a little lost, but really just those three, Juzang, Bernard, Hawkes, are the, probably the best wing trio in the country. And mm-hmm. it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how, how Gonzaga deals with them because Tiger Campbell against Andrew Nemhar, the point guard matchup will be interesting. And then you got the big man, you got Chad and you got Timmy against Miles Johnson, whoever UCLA puts in there for, for a second big man. But those, those wings are nuts. I think they're going to put Jaime on him for some reason. I think Jaime's physicality uh, matches his. And I think Jaime, you know, Jaime, he reminds me a lot of Draymond Green, but he can handle a bigger guy. Um, I think they're going to start with that and see how it goes, you know, Um, just because I I really feel that for Gonzaga in the switching, you have to have somebody physical. You have to play physical with, with Gonzaga. You cannot let them run their sets. If you let them run their sets, they'll kill you. And, um, you know, I think that UCLA is going to have to, you know, be strong perimeter defense, uh, strong interior, and to play play physical. They have to play the way they played against Villanova or they won't have a chance to beat Gonzaga. If they play the way they played against Villanova, I think they can beat Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, Mick Cronin's talked about it the past week, is that the way they played against Villanova was not even their best. They only scored, was it 67 points in regulation? And mm-hmm. Mick saying that this is a team UCLA that should be scoring 80 points every night, at least. And I mean, you look at how they've done the rest of their games. Yeah. They've played uh, kind of, they haven't played power five. They haven't played high major teams, 
but in those games, they're putting up a hundred points. So maybe you, you get a better defensive team like Gonzaga, maybe that 100 goes down to 80, but you still got to expect a high offensive output, especially the way that they're running up tempo this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's been a, a positive change of pace. Uh, Mick Cronin's talked about how maybe that decision on offense has cost his defense a little bit, but when you're putting up 80 points, you're going to win most games. No, I definitely agree with you. And you're probably right on that. I think that them scoring a little bit more, it's a little bit more faster pace. So when you're at a faster pace, if you're missing shots and you're tired, maybe you're not playing as hard as defense as rather if you're grinding games out. Um, it's, that's the pretty, I, I know this because I've done it, you know, at, uh, at UCLA. When I was at UCLA, we were a little bit of a faster pace team. So every time we would play Stanford, it would be a grind out game where like it would Stanford would slow the ball down, run their sets, play really, really physical. Um, so it was really, really hard to, uh, you know, play that physical pace for 40 minutes rather than maybe playing against a USC or Arizona where they want to get up and down, which, so that's right. That was right up our alley uh, at the time. So I think we UCLA, they, they're going to want to push the pace and get those big men running. Um you know, because like I said, I think Azaga is great, but I think they're they're not as deep as I felt like they were last year. Last year they were a little bit more deeper. I felt, and this is me. I think UCLA is a little bit more deeper. I think the you know like who else? Like you said, Perry Watson. I think that he's going to play a he could play a big part in this game because what from what I've seen from the game so far is that the perimeter defense. Uh, needs to step it up a little bit. They can they can outscore anybody. I was obviously we both had to watch the Long Beach State game. Yep, and, and the Long Beach State guards killed them. Both ended up with thirty apiece. Uh, you know yeah, that was and, nuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and I think that off the dribble containment ship was not the principles wasn't good. And obviously, Corner was mad about. It. He said I'm, I was he was furious really about the how the game, even though they ended up winning by twenty. Um, in the next two games, you saw the better perimeter defense, and I think that's going to be a situation against Gonzaga. Like, if the guards can contain the guards, keep them out of the paint, keep them in front of them, and you know the big man can kind of play one on one with their big man, I think we'll be, I think we'll, we, you know, we match up really good with them. Yeah, and you talk about Cronin being so upset with that that defense against Long Beach State. Uh, well, first of all, I don't think. Gonzaga is obviously a better team than Long Beach State, but they're not guard oriented like Long Beach State. So I don't think they're going to get torn up on the perimeter the same way they did against Long Beach State. Uh, and, and then talking about how upset he was with his team's defense, that's just nice to have a, a coach who can pick apart the holes in a team that just won by 20. When it comes to building a program for the future and building it for March, not being complacent with it, with a double digit win when you probably didn't play your best. That's what UCLA needs. So, I mean, maybe from a, from a player's perspective, Travis is a little bit different. Have you ever had a, a coach kind of, you guys win when you should have won anyways, you didn't play your best. And I mean, you, you came off the court as, as a winner, but coach kind of chewed into you a little bit. Oh yeah. That happens a lot more than what people think, because this, let me tell you, this is how, this is happens when, when you're a college coach, you're more relieved when you win and you're furious when you lose. Right. Okay. So this is, is look, the happy is the happiest when you're going far in the tournament. But during the season, you're more relieved. Like, okay, thank you. We won. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> I'll give you a perfect example. I remember um, 
when I was at UCLA, we played, uh, I want to say Washington State or something like that. Uh, in a you know at home, and we sh- we should have won by like twenty five. We ended up winning by like let's just say ten or eight or whatever. And then Lavin was mad, you know. He was like, "Man, we won!" You know, I'm thinking, "Man, we won! We won the game." <laughs> and he was like, "It's not about the winning the game. It's preparing you for the next step." And I think you know Cronin is a great enough coach to see what's coming, which is Gonzaga. These last three games. Nothing in the game on Monday, which they should win, right? Um, but it's all prepared for the Gonzagas, the Villanovas, North Carolinas, you know, those kind of the Oregons, you know. So you got you got to be ready for those games. Those are the important games you got to you know be ready for because UCLA is going to win. This is my idea. I think they're going to win twenty-seven games with their eyes closed. You know, now the give or take to, to get them to thirty. 31, 32 games, like games like Villanova, the Gonzagas, the Marquettes, that's when you got to be really, you know, locked in solid. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, like you're, like you're talking about, you're preparing for, for later with these games, as big as they are now, March is the goal. The goal is at UCLA is to win a national championship. So there's no better way to prepare for Gonzaga than playing Villanova. And there's no better way to prepare for, March Madness than playing Gonzaga right now. So that that's good scheduling on, on Mick's part. This is a good, <laughs> good job putting this, this string of games together because when you got Bellarmine on Monday, uh, that tips off at 5 p.m. Uh, the Gonzaga games Tuesday at 7. And then they're still in Vegas uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. We got that game. And, and then you go another couple weeks and you got Marquette who just beat, uh, I want to say it was Illinois, uh, who Illinois is a top 10 team. So that's a good mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm, or UNC, UNC is ranked in the top 25. So we talked about it in the preseason and it, it's, it stands true now that this is an absolute gauntlet of a non-conference schedule and the crown jewel is coming up Tuesday against Gonzaga. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty much all we have time for in this week's episode of the Believe in UCLA podcast. Um, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you come back every Monday morning for a new episode. We'll be talking everything <laughs> UCLA football, men's basketball, when it gets uh, later in the year, other things pop up. Who knows? We'll talk about anything UCLA, anything big that's going on. So, uh, Travis, thank you so much for joining me. And where can people find you? All right. Well, uh, you can follow me at, at, at at <laughs> at Travis W Reed on Instagram at Travis W Reed on Instagram and Travis W Reed on Facebook. Um, yeah, those are my two social platforms. And all the stuff, Marshall, and you know anything else I got going on is on my social platforms, so you can check me out. Sounds good. Sounds good. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Conan, and then also make sure to check out. Uh, all Bruins, which is the sports illustrated site for UCLA. Just go to allbruins.com. You can follow it uh, at SI underscore all Bruins on Twitter. So you got any extra UCLA content you want to keep an eye on, just make sure to go there for that. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it this week. You got any, anything else, any parting thoughts, Travis? I just would say this Gonzaga game coming up could determine who's the number one seed on the West in the West bracket. UCLA could be the number one seed on the West if they beat Gonzaga. 
and Gonzaga can go to the South or something like that, the Midwest or something. If we beat Gonzaga uh, and we do what we're supposed to do, we will be the number one seed on in the West region for sure. I like it. I like it. Good, good pick. And I mean, a lot of people don't even think about that, but coming, coming from your, your perspective, knowing what the travel deal is, knowing what the, the scheduling deal is with March Madison, everything that'll definitely be huge. So uh, thanks again for joining me, Travis. Happy to talk with you again. Uh, and if you're listening this late in the show, thank you for making it this far and we appreciate it. Make sure to share, like, subscribe, get notifications, whatever it is. And uh, thanks for listening and believe in UCLA. See you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.